You're walking through the woods when you suddenly feel a presence. Although you can't see something, you know that you're not alone. Footsteps follow behind just at a distance. It sounds big. It sounds scary. I've had this experience. I've seen the face of what I believe to be a Bigfoot. Many people around the world have shared this strange experience, and we've heard from mainstream media, from investigators in the zoological and cryptozoological sides. But what really works when trying to communicate with these beings? Bigfoot, Sitanga, the skunk ape. Tonight, we're going to talk with a documentarian and an investigator, Stacy Brown Jr., about this. He also works with the reservations and nations of uh, the indigenous people to try to get a different insight and perspective into this phenomena. Are we alone or are there truly bipedal, hairy, human creatures that are walking just a shade to the left, unable to be seen by human eyes unless they want to be seen? We'll talk about that and more. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to the best in paranormal discussions. This is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. my little darklings and thank you for joining me here on another edition of paranormal 60 this is something that i'm really excited about talking about and i don't do it nearly enough when we get into the realm of cryptids and a lot of the reason i don't talk about it is because most of the stories are the same old tried and true ways of examining this phenomena but something was brought to my attention over this weekend a new documentary that's appearing on paraflix caught my attention. I watched it and fascinated with the information that I was able to see. This is an interesting perspective for me because I have had an opportunity to talk to elders from native tribes. And you can always tell they're wanting to open up to share some of the insights and stories regarding Bigfoot, aliens, the spirit realm, but in honor of their own traditions, both written and oral, many of them hold back from sharing that wealth of knowledge outside of their tribes. And I've been very close on numerous occasions, but always miss that opportunity. This documentary was exciting for me because I got a chance to actually get a little bit more insight into the way that the Native culture examines, coexists, and lives with the Bigfoot population. The documentary is out and available on Paraflix right now. Like I said, fascinating documentary. Our guest this evening for both hours is Stacy Brown Jr. He is behind the scenes on both of these documentaries. First half an hour, we're going to spend talking about this breakthrough documentary. And in the second half an hour, we'll discuss his uh, work on really kind of pushing the envelope 
with um, a skunk ape investigation and experiments that they ran in order to try to make that communication. Stacy, it's exciting to me to talk to people that are willing to take different steps and go outside the normal realm of what has been considered the kind of ruler for for Bigfoot hunting. And, and I think when we're dealing with something that's so strange and bizarre, we can't just follow a, a normal set of rules as others have tried to dictate in the past. Can I ask real quickly, what, what started your interest in this specific genre of research? Uh, so I had a sighting um, in 2011 and that kind of that kind of really just got everything more or less an unhealthy obsession for me. Like it, it, I hate to say it, it affected my family life. It affected everything because this was all I was going to do. Um, because I was yards away from one. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I get on the Bigfoot forums, uh, message boards, and I just see everybody's just shooting each other down. It's real negative. And then, you know, being uh, being a country boy, being a redneck, has its advantages. You you, mm -hmm. you know how to hunt things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's what I noticed about this whole community. Nobody was really, you know, watching things like the feed times, you know, uh, moon cycles, all this kind of stuff. They were just going out. Right. I mean, you can go fishing any time of the day, perfectly legal, but you shouldn't. You should only go like the rising tide or like the falling tide. You know, when the fishing's going to be the best, there's going to be peak hours. And it's the same thing in the forest. If you want to encounter a creature in the forest, you need to go at certain times. Otherwise, you just sit out there and you're doing whatever. And then you watch the way people uh, try to research these creatures, the knocking and all that. And that, it struck me funny. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, hey, we're going to go out there and hopefully see something. So our method is screaming into the woods and banging on trees. It, it's not really going to help you out a lot, you know, uh, right. in my opinion. And so it, it really... The sighting did it, and then once I realized, and you have to forgive me, this is an outsider looking in to the community. Mm -hmm. So it may sound bad, but a bunch of inept people who did not know what they were doing. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, I already got a leg up on everybody in my own head, and I'm going to have this wrapped up in six months. That was my initial thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. gonna just, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, long story short, I dove into it and then I started noticing there were, there, there were things that the Bigfoot community doesn't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Some of them is because they don't want to talk about them. And then others are because they don't realize, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't know. After years, do, do you think, Stacy? Do you think that a lot of the reason people don't want to talk about them is out of respect to the being itself, for fear that if if we do make too big a deal of this, it's going to bring out people with um, more nefarious plans in dealing with them? No, um, unfortunately, it people tend to tribalize. I guess 
they'll mm-hmm. they'll pick their team. You know, you can see it everywhere today. Right. You look in, look on the news. Mm-hmm. It's a red or a blue news channel. You know what I mean? And they're on their right. team. They're on their team no matter what. You mm-hmm. know, same thing in the Bigfoot community. You have a bunch of people who believe this is just a normal primate. This is a normal ape that we haven't discovered. Possibly, uh, you know, a relic hominid that we thought was extinct that really isn't extinct. Um, and then you have the people who they call it woo. You know, they they mm-hmm. see the lot. They see the lights. They believe in the telepathic communication. They see the paranormal side to it. And you look in the last 60, 70 years, the Bigfoot community, and unfortunately, everything but the UFO community, we don't really know much more than we knew then. Right. And I think that here you've, you've got an opportunity in, in your area. And I I do like this, you know, I mean, I I've spoken to people at different groups and in different locations where they have said, you know, it's funny, the good old boys are out Bigfoot hunting, making the rest of us look stupid. And then I asked them, well, what, what exactly is your background? Well, what do you mean? Well, what do you do? Well, I'm a banker. Okay. And what brought you to Bigfoot? Well, I've, I saw the Patterson Gimlin film. I want to get out there. So have you got hunting tracking ability? Have you been out in the woods? Well, no, but I, I know I, I'm smart. I'm in tough. And, and that to them is enough. Whereas I would much rather trust a guy like you who knows the woods, knows what animals are out there, knows what we'd be up against in nature and how to best respect all of that so that we're not upsetting the balance of nature in a way to heighten our communication. I wouldn't know which way is upstream or downstream. I wouldn't know any of these things, although I'm fascinated by the concept of Bigfoot. And it's part of why I haven't gone out on most most Bigfoot hunts that I've been invited to is I'm not quite sure that all of the people I've spoken to are as adept at doing what they think they're doing. Right. And, and that, that has unnerved me. Um, but I appreciated the fact that your team, you know, whether you want to refer to yourselves as rednecks or not, I, you got a lay of the land and you've got the, the honor and trust of some of the, the tribes members from that area that are allowing you, and they are also researching and doing this. So you're showing that unity can exist and, and bridging two different styles of investigative ways. And in this, it, there was so much, it struck me, the spirituality of it, the, um, humble nature. And the fact that here you're, you're, you're dealing with two native American indigenous people, um, that have strong, beliefs, not just in their own traditions, but in the LDS community, right? So they've got two totally different perspectives than I would be aware of. And they believe in marrying these in order to make communication and it works for them. And and the two brothers are Barry and Derek Webster, I believe are the names. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Great guys, humble. And you could see the sincerity of the way they deal with the area and the people that they allow into that. How hard was it to crack that veneer and get them to trust you and your team to go in and, and film this and be a part of it? Knowing that the more technology used, the less these beings appear to want to be interactive. Right. So it was a year long process uh basically and we got invited to come up on one trip 
And mm -hmm. so on our YouTube, some of those video, that little video series is out, but they, they wanted to meet us. They wanted to know that, you know, um, we were legit all this. Mm -hmm. We wasn't kooks because they had had a slew of production companies up there and just was cutting them, cutting them, cutting them. And, you know, much like them, they're proud of their heritage, who they are. You know, um, I think some of the the breaking through with Barry, because Barry Barry's very critical of everybody, um, was that you know, hey man, I'm I'm actually proud of who I am too. You right. know, what I, I really want to know your ways, and I'd love to get you down to the house and show you how I do things. You know what I mean? To so show you what it's like in a in a nice Southern community, and. Um, I think they respected that and I had heard word that one of the, one of the teams that went up there, they had challenged to a boxing match and the guy got scared. And when the guy got scared, they told him to leave. So I went up there prepared to box. Right. <laughs> it's like, I guess, <laughs> and, and, and they weren't getting around to it. And so me and Bill Brock, uh you know both boxed and love it and so we just we tend to slap box when we get around each other you know uh just uh you know we like it we enjoy it we can pop each other and not get mad and so I, I just went over there and slapped bill and we went to it and uh they sat there and watched and they laughed and loved it and i honestly think that's what it was to be <laughs> to, kind of broke they, the ice yeah, yeah, you know, All they're, right. like, they're like, okay, they're just one of the guys, you know. Now, I'm, I'm curious about this, and I, the one thing I would say is missing from both shows that I, I watched, and I've been asking Bigfoot experts, quote-unquote Bigfoot experts on this for a long time, What what is the goal when you're out there? Obviously, it's to capture something, to see something, to have an experience, but if these are more aggressive beings that don't like to be infringed upon, what is the what is the protocol that you and your team have in place if one approaches in a more menacing way? Is it just to bow your head in humble nature and hope that they're going to see that you're respecting their authority in the woods? Or is it to pull out a gun? You know, I, 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 I've always said you go hunting what are you going to do if you catch one? What are you going to do if you find one? Where does it go from there? And how do you answer for that? Uh, so obviously you got protection on you most of the times, just in mm -hmm. case. Right. But, but for the most part, it's just, just to be like with Barry, just stand there. Be like, hey, I'm not, I'm not afraid of this, man. I but am what this, I am. As they say, and Barry mentions in there that they know, they know your heart. They know your mind. Satanga, the, the, spiritual element of this being knows where you're coming from. If you've got a sidearm or a rifle five feet away and it's able to sense and perceive that, um, which many investigators have claimed, it won't make its presence known to you. And obviously if these are sentient beings that have been around for hundreds or perhaps thousands of years that are kind of an offshoot or a, another race of beings, people, they've got to see what we've done to each other with guns. You know, does, does it show, do you, are you concerned that because you do have them nearby, that that would be something that would keep them from 
coming forward? Well, I, I don't believe so. Uh, okay. Because, you know, I think it's, they would know the only reason I honestly have a gun with me when I got one is because I'm worried about other humans. I ain't okay. there. Ain't, I, I have a knife. that's like 15 inches that I do carry with me. And uh, that's if I had to protect myself. The gun ain't going right. to help me kill the Sasquatch anyway. The ones, the ones I've seen, that nine mm -hmm. millimeter I'm toting with me, the only thing I can do is kill myself. Right. <laughs> you know, because it ain't going to hurt that. And I think, you know, I think you just stand, you stand tall, you know, you stand brave and uh, you just sit there and look it in the face. And if it's like I believe it is, it will respect that. And it will, it'll be like, all right, okay, he's not here to hurt me. He's not scared of me. Uh, because my ultimate goal, it, as crazy as it may sound, is to be one. And I mean, when I say be one with them, like you've seen that guy that, lives with the wolves he has some right. wolves yeah right that's that's what i want to do i want to sit there and run with them for a few days and show them i can do this i can do that look at you know look at all i can do mm -hmm. uh will that ever happen i doubt it but you know uh were you as surprised uh, as, as your team it, it appeared to see the spiritual side of these beings that um barry and derek believed in prayer to help usher in the introductions. Uh, I've seen footage, some really compelling footage of uh, different UFO investigators that have also used the power of prayer to incite a, a sighting. And you can't deny it. As a matter of fact, it's happened in Las Vegas, Las Vegas rather, um, on live news TV that there was a gentleman that went by the name Prophet Yahweh. And uh, he would call down UFOs. So they, the news channel actually took him out to an undisclosed area of their choosing so that he couldn't set something up in advance. And he began praying. And out of the sky, this silver ball dropped down and just started to hover over them. And they were filming it, watching it take place. And it was coming closer. You could hear the news uh, reporter getting angsty about it. And then it, it went back up. To hear that Bigfoot responds to prayer as well, do you think that this has to do with religiosity, believing that there is a creator or God or Christ or whatever their belief is, or is it in the intention of, I'm coming before you to become one, to show honor, to show respect, and, and do you think that the prayer is more of a way for the brothers to open their hearts to make it easier for communication? I or do you that believe that, that these beings do have some kind of religious background? I think, I mean, honestly, I, I hate to, I hate to uh, like sit here and guess on it, but uh, I, because I, I don't know, right? And mm -hmm. uh, nobody knows this thing, but with them, they, it helps them. Me, right. myself, I'm doing a prayer basically, but it's just intention, the power of intention. And like, you know, people manifesting something, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so I, don't, I when I get the detractors about that stuff, I don't know how to tell them. You know, it's like right. it, there's something that you can if you can sit there and dwell on it and think about it and put it out there. You know, a lot of times you will get some. You may not get that face to face encounter, but you might start hearing those knocks. I mean, look at the Damar Hamlin thing. All these people praying for this man makes a speedy recovery. He's back home. What I read today. You know, right. uh, 
the power of intention and manifestation is a very powerful source whether people want to believe it or not i've seen it for myself many of our viewers listeners have seen it through the years with the prayer and, and intention and energy uh healing prayers that we put out as well that is a fascinating aspect was it surprising to you that these beings seem to react to that it was you know um and that's what led me to go into other routes you know what i mean with like trying right. to get to get them but yeah it was because um I honestly thought it was going to be a big nothing burger, but I did think it was cool to go on the reservation and learn about their ways. And then they told me they were uh, LDS. I was LDS as a child. Uh, so, you know, I have views on that. That's already. for our listeners that don't know the Church of Latter-day Saints, the Mormon uh, belief system, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of my okay. family is still LDS. They called me a jack leg because I didn't go anymore, right? <laughs> but, right. I, uh, you know, so it was just, it was weird. It was like uh, we got Native American Mormons. Right. And uh, Yeah, and it was, it was a, it was, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was just a mind-blowing and then, thing. What, what I loved about it was the fact that as, as you have, I believe Barry was doing a prayer to kind of set the intention and the mood you, I don't want to give anything away from the documentary, but something occurs, something that deeply impacts team members and, you know, Barry and Derek being a part of this. So it was, it was very compelling. That's what it started to trigger all these things in my mind that, that prayer religiosity, they all seem to have an effect also in the alien world, which then makes me wonder again, are these things a lot more tied and, and, connected than people are it's ufos and aliens bigfoot sasquatch yeti sitanga and ghosts are they separate altogether but it seems like there's a, a really interesting connection that you're un, unraveling during the the making of this documentary because you even at one point in in a little cabin in the woods you make contact through spirit communication with a, a spirit of a woman that that was uh, murdered out there do you think that the spirit, the 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 element of spirituality of these beings helped usher her presence forward? Are they there to kind of protect and watch over the land and the people? From what you took away from that documentary, and I know you don't go into that too much, I'm just curious personally, how did that affect and impact you when you saw the connectivity of all these different phenomena and that they're really not that far apart at all? Well, that's something we have been thinking about, you know, that because mm -hmm. I did some work with uh, the dark zone and right. got me into the paranormal, really, you know, uh, and then I started noticing a bunch of things that were like similar. So it's like we go into woods, we knock on trees and we get reply knocks. Well, you go in a house and you just tap and then it goes to tap back. It's the same thing. You right. just ain't hitting it as hard. Uh and there's a lot of similarities there, you know, um, there, that whole thing at that house was more of a confirmation. Like I, that, that spirit box that they used, it's right. It's got, it's got a spirit in it. And so that's hmm. why that's, uh, that's why they used that one because I, I do usually try to talk daily to this thing, uh, you know, but I'll use it on investigations to get help from other things. Sure. Understandable. So they're using right. it 
truly as a medium to communicate to the other side. The the spirit that's attached to this box is helping to usher in communication at other locations, like a, a trans medium like Dr. Hans Holzer would have used with Ethel Meyer and Sybil Leek and, and others. So you're just doing it in an electronic form. Yeah, so there, like you'll hear Beth in that. And mm -hmm. then when our Conjuring film comes out, you'll hear Beth in the Skunk Ape experiments. You hear Beth. That's the spirit. Once we get gotcha. her name a few times, we start trying to hopefully get her to communicate with something there for us. Uh, we do have a link on tonight's program guide so that you can find Paraflix and watch this documentary. Take advantage of the of the uh, free 30-day trial of Paraflix. You'll be thankful you did. There's a lot of great programming on there. Uh, I wanted to touch base quickly before we move on to the skunk ape experiments as well. What I loved about this, again, it was all focused on respect, humility, prayer. That's what the brothers brought to this, that they talked about biblical connections and a tie to Cain, biblical Cain. That was one of those mind-blown moments, right? That you're just like, wait, what did I hear? It's, you know, I give credit to this movie that was done years ago, Dracula 2000, where they took an interesting spin and made the, the basis of Dracula, Judas. Hence why, you know, he hung himself so you'll never see the sun again. He traded in Christ's life for 13 pieces of silver. That's why silver is an affront to uh, the vampires and, and can kill them. There's all these different aspects of it. And I thought, well, that was a great twist. But then to hear that there is actually from the Native American elders and, and tribesmen involved in this, a belief that maybe this is something to do with the biblical Cain character, that was uh, that was a mind blower. And then the fact that Bigfoot, the, the hairy man, skunk, ape, uh, sitanga, whatever terminology we want to give it, it does cross boundaries all throughout the world. And every culture seems to have their own version, much like every culture has their own version of the Ark story and the world flood. That's the one thing that we can't discount as being some kind of fanatical story because we have proof that the world was covered in water at one point. So is it as interesting to you then to see this biblical aspect of, of Bigfoot being brought into play and that maybe through oral tradition or through the hundred monkey theory that once enough people start believing in it and seeing it, it begins to exist in other cultures. Right. So uh, because I was in the church as a child, Joseph Smith actually seen Cain one time and he describes hmm. him as a Sasquatch and he's sitting on horseback. So it wasn't really uh, that big a deal to me, but the rest of the guys were like, what, you know, and then there's all these, right you know, uh, things you can correlate and all these dots you can connect. Um, uh, but yeah, the, their whole, I know it sounds to like a scientist or like Dr. Meldrum's, uh, all that. They all think this is silly. However, they got results. They've right. got more, they got more results that I've seen than what I've seen from Meldrum. You know, the scientists, the, the, and nothing against these people. They're my friends. I like no. them. But I'm just saying, like, y'all sit in an office all day. Y'all ain't out here in the woods. Y'all ain't out here in the field doing it. We need to take some of the things that people are seeing a little bit more serious. Like, what would it hurt? 
And I think it's in the way that you lean into it as well, because if I go to a location, a haunted location, believing this place is not haunted, uh, just coming in to disprove what is believed to be haunting, I think that skews your perspective and you may miss things that would be open to somebody who's there not to disprove, but to experience whatever happens. And I would say that, you know, I, Jeff Meldrum's a very nice guy. I've had him on the show in the past. I've spoken with him numerous times at conventions, but I get your, your idea that sometimes they're so boxed in by their approach to investigating, they forget to be open and allow, okay, let's let the brothers do their prayer, prove that it doesn't work. If all of a sudden you start hearing something approaching you, something unseen, or you're hearing voices or the samurai chatter, it's a pretty hard thing to just discount. And just so I don't get hate mail for people that are not familiar with the Bigfoot community and the way they communicate, aside from the the grunts and the whoops that you hear on all the TV show, there is this thing called samurai chatter, which sounds very much like a cartoonized Japanese samurai uh, vo- vocalization. Um, the, there's audio that appears. You can find it on on uh, YouTube, and there's been a lot of work done on it. It's really fascinating, and it does have that very sound to it. So it's got those intonations of sounding like you know one of the old Japanese samurai movies to those that are untrained and don't know the language. But even the the people of, of Japan, China, Korea, I believe, have been asked, and they don't recognize any of the words that are being spoken. But it doesn't mean that it can't be a dead dialect or one that's changed over the centuries because of where they are and who they are. Um, just at, it was. It, I really give you credit because it did open my mind to think of a whole different way and perspective to not only look at Bigfoot, but at the other elements of the work that I do in investigations and research. And that's exciting. And I hope people will take a look at the, the program for that element alone. And I'm, folks, I'm not getting too into all the different pieces. I've given you a taste of many different elements of this documentary, but that's because I want you to watch it. You've got to see this for yourself. And then write in the comments, if you've seen it, tell me what you think about this. Contact me at davidparanormal60.com and let's open a dialogue. And maybe we can even have uh, Stacy back in the future along with some of the teammates, and we can we can do a Q&A kind of roundtable with, with listeners that can take this a little further. But I need you to educate yourself and go into it open-minded, that just because this isn't something you're used to seeing and Bobo Faye is not on it or a recognizable character for you, it doesn't mean that there isn't something compelling to learn from this documentary. Uh, Sitanga, it's a great documentary, fascinating storyline. It's on, on, uh, Paraflix right now. Uh, you're going to hang in with me, Stacey. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the skunk ape experiments and boy, if people thought you were pushing an envelope in the Sitanga documentary, wait till we touch in, in touch base on, on what's going on in the skunk ape, um, experiments, fantastic stuff. This is what the show's about folks, opening our minds, our perspectives, giving us a chance to expand our consciousness and perhaps our paradigm so that we are more open to these interesting elements. And sometimes, like a child who's forgotten how to imagine and, and tap into that energy, I think we need to have those shells cracked for us again so that we can look at these things in a new exciting light, something that may not feel comfortable at first, but perhaps will start to make sense in your journey in other ways. So check it out. Like I said, as a paranormal ghost guy, uh, alien guy, 
and with one Bigfoot sighting under my belt, this documentary certainly made me think about many different things. And that's what a good documentary should do. Hey, folks, real quick, exciting stuff. The Paranormal 60 t-shirt is available. And what? We've got four different styles. Well, the Paranormal 60 logo is on the front. The same for all. We have four different backs. You can get the most in-demand so far. Don't scare me, I poop easily, is on the back of one shirt. You could be an official darkling on the other shirt. Uh, words is hard, and for those of you that tune in on Friday nights, you know that to be true. Or you could just show your full love for the show with Paranormal Talk Radio on the back and the website for Paranormal 60. The t-shirts are out and available, $25 for small to extra large, $26 for double X, $27 for triple X, and 4X and up, just $30 a shirt. And uh, depending on the amount you buy, you can save on shipping as well. You can find all this information if you head on over to paranormal60.com, paranormal60.com, or email me, dave at paranormal60.com and I'll tell you what we need helps out if you send me an email with your full name your shipping address your email address what style shirt that you're interested in what size and how many we'll make sure that we can get on that right away and take care of it for you we've got a lot more coming up right here on the best in paranormal talk radio this is the paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader today's episode is brought to you by better help what's the first thing that you'd do if Say you had an extra hour in your day. Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get better help. Visit betterhelp.com p60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's better help h-e-l-p dot com slash p60 it's time to take control of your life dave's here rooting you on and if i can do this you can do this let's do this together betterhelp.com slash p60 there's a link for it on today's program guide hey it's chris jericho here just reminding you about the four leaf clover chris jericho's rock and wrestling rager at sea the fourth voyage leaving february 2nd from Miami to Great Stirrup Key, our very own private island. This is going to be the biggest and best Jericho cruise ever with the biggest lineup, the most fun. I guarantee it. Come join us for the vacation and the party of a lifetime. ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Cabin's still available. I want to see you there.
And I want to see you there as well, the Jericho Cruise. I'll be on board. I'll be telling my ghost stories on the final night of the trip. Two live podcasts will be broadcasting right there from on the ship, recording them to deliver to you the following week. Comedian Jeff Dye is going to join me to talk about Bigfoot and other elements of the supernatural. And, of course, we've got a shot in the dark with our own paranormal news team, the Colonel, Marty Vias, and Chachi himself, Eric. Folsom will be on board the ship. We're going to have a great live time hearing your stories and sharing. Please do me a favor. If you do sign up over at the Jericho cruise while you're signing up and it asks what brought you to this scroll down the page till you find the paranormal 60 or me, Dave Schrader, so that they know that you're a fan of the supernatural. Let's keep the supernatural afloat on the Jericho cruise. Hey, I got one other thing to remind you, and this is the last night I can tell you about it because it's coming up this weekend. What better way to spend Friday the 13th than with me? How about an entire weekend in Southern California, the Fear Fair in San Bernardino? Concerts, shopping, paranormal talks, haunts and attractions, variety acts film festivals, special guests. I'll be there. Ben Hansen's going to be there and we're going to have a wonderful time. I hope that you'll think about joining us. Thefearfair.com Spell fair. F-A-I-R-E Thefearfair.com Don't miss out. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. We've got one other quick thing I want to talk about before we go back to Stacy. Joining me right now in charge of Paraflix, we've got Natalie Jones. Hey, Natalie, welcome to the show. Hi, Dave. This is so cool. Thank you for having me here for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It, now, this is cool. This is an exciting channel. I know a lot of people have tried to develop some kind of paranormal channel or streaming service in the past. Not many have done that well, or they have a couple of shows and then seem to vanish, taper off into the world of right. the unknown. But you've really developed a, a compelling streaming service. And yeah. man, listen, for $139 a year to get this service, that's a great price. But that's not what you charge. What is it, 39 <laughs> bucks a year, basically? Yeah. Yeah, you had me going for a minute. I was like, hmm, wait a second. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that that would be a good price for all of the programming that you have on there. But uh, right. give us a little background on Paraflix. What kind of programs are going on there and uh, what people can expect to see? Yeah, absolutely. So Paraflix is all dedicated paranormal, supernatural, universe and beyond. As you can see, uh, speaking with Stacy this evening, Satanga is an amazing documentary. Definitely go yeah. check that out. Yep. Paraflix is a subscription video on demand streaming service. We are $3.99 a month. Like you said, $39.99 a year. And we're available on Apple TV, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Google Play Store, and Apple Store. So it's available worldwide and it's amazing. It's been an amazing journey beautiful streaming service. We're just so grateful for all of our content producers and all of the amazing shows that are on Paraflix. So definitely check it out. A lot of great original programming and content that you're not going to find anywhere else, folks. And you get a chance to see some of these first run documentaries. Uh, you get to see some lost classics. There's a lot of great product that's being put out there. And a lot of our friends that you've seen on this show have programs, including Patty Negri and uh, so many others that are are part of the Paraflix family. So yes. I hope that they will go check it out. And it, help me if I'm wrong on this. You have a 30-day free trial, correct? So there is a, a free three-day trial. Oh, three-day trial. I'm sorry. I keep saying 30. Yes. Three-day trial. Yes. Three-day trial. And then it's only $3.99 a month. And right now we have a really great deal. Uh, 
for 25% off your annual subscription through the website, the Ghost Finders 25. Of course, the Ghost Finders is one of our incredible uh, ex exclusive series. And Patty Negri, The Witching Hour with Patty Negri, we just released the second season there. Talk shows, music videos. Uh, we just had one of our uh, content producers that produces music, Ghost Static, had a, uh, a music release, Endless Burial. So it's just endless possibilities, infinite possibilities. That's what we stand for. That's what we have from the beginning when we started this. It's almost as if it's just a divine thing. It's meant to be. Uh, there's nothing on the market like it. And we're really looking forward to our, our journey moving forward. And I'm super uh, humbled and blessed to be here with you this evening to talk about Paraflix. So. Well, we'll get you back on soon so we can talk about your work in the paranormal field and investigations yeah. as well. I know you've got a lot of cool, creepy tales to share. But again, Paraflix, P-A-R-A-F-L-I-X-X dot com we have a link for it on today's program guide so you can find out more information about that natalie thank you so much for popping in and filling everybody in on that absolutely thank you good night everybody all right let's get back to it as we continue our journey into the realm of investigating claims of cryptids we've got stacy brown jr with us and he has an interesting documentary series um this is the first part that's out right now is the skunk skunk ape investigations. That's hard to say sober. I couldn't imagine if I'd had a beer or two trying to get through that. The Skunk Ape Investigations, you've got many of the same team members that were part of the uh, first documentary, Sitanga, that we talked about. Uh, I love, again, I love pushing the boundaries. I love that you're trying to take investigation into a different realm, but you do state at the beginning, this is not for everyone. This is going to be a different type of journey, but you were there watching over each other, helping each other through this. This should not be something people should take lightly or try on their own without knowing what they're doing first. So I want to put that little disclaimer out there. Uh, and I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um, a lot of the things you shouldn't go home and try. Right. Yeah, right. Now, uh, so <laughs> the, the skunk ape for people that aren't familiar with the skunk ape, uh, is that, is that a different being altogether from Bigfoot? Um, do you believe that it is, or do you believe it's just another offshoot or a, a, a slang name for the same creature? Everybody else is calling Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yahweh, all those. So, uh, you know, in biology, you have the Bergman's rule or the Bergman's law, one of the two, but mm -hmm. the closer you get to the equator, the smaller things get with the increase in heat. So uh, I think that's what you have. I know the one that I saw in Northern Florida um, looked a lot like the one I saw in California, just about three, 400 pounds less. You know, uh, now mm -hmm. you, will, you will get in Florida, you'll get these orangutan type sightings mm -hmm. and, and then you'll get these classic Bigfoot sightings. So there may be, a difference there. I'm not aware of it. I haven't seen it myself, uh, you know, cause I'm that, I didn't, I thought Bigfoot was cool until I saw it. And then I knew it was real. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I right. I, I could have talked to a hundred people and I would have never been like, Oh, absolutely. That's, that's a real thing. So is there a difference? There may be, I haven't seen it, but I know I get a lot of reports. Um, as you figure I've taken probably 700 and 40 or something reports 
uh, just in this state alone. And, you know, some of them, some of them talk about that orangutan type creature that you see in the Sarasota Mayaka photos. Um, so, you know, who knows at the end of the day, uh, maybe, maybe in two years, I'll be able to answer that question <laughs> better. Well, all right. In investigating this, you decide to go, and I want people to realize it's a different realm when you're investigating in the deep South, especially for creatures, because Bigfoot's the least of your worries. You guys have to worry about feral pigs. You've got to worry about snakes. You've got to worry about gators and gator population, especially because Bigfoot is known to populate or be around water areas, right? Freshwater flow areas. They've got to know where the dangers are, which they think is going to keep us away anyway. So there's all of this. When you get prepped up for that, how much psyching does it take before you get involved in a full nighttime investigation, knowing that gators don't just stay in the water, they lay in the grass and they're walking around the whole time and there's snakes and spiders and everything that wants to eat you out there, Stacy. Well, so like when I was a kid, we just, that's all we could do, right? There was a swamp right there. And so we play around the swamp and things like that. So it wasn't so much for me. It's just, you got to know what to look for to not get hurt. Mm -hmm. But, but my group, like you'll see RPG in the film, he's from Rhode Island. So he's, uh, <laughs> He's a transplant Florida man, and uh, we're trying to turn him into one, but, you know, trying to psych him up for this, like, hey, this is what we got to do, and he's getting scared, and then we see he's getting scared, so, of course, you know, we're a bunch of goofballs, so we start telling him things like, hey, they sighted a king cobra here, you know, three months ago, and there, there's two two Bengal tigers on the loose, and he's eating, he's like, oh my god, are you serious, are, are you serious, <laughs> we're just messing with him <laughs> at this point, but yeah, it's, it's mainly... You know, getting the letting the team know those who aren't familiar or as comfortable, uh, let them know that hey, bud, this is you. It, it's nice to go to the zoo because you stay on the concrete path, right? Right. We're, right. we're we're getting in the enclosures here and we're playing around for the evening. You know, uh, y'all need to be careful and right. You know, it's very important to you know because uh, you could. Things could go bad quick and, you know, in the locations that we're at getting medical right. care is not something's going to happen real quick. Now talking to you off air about this, I know that you said there were people that are going to be upset by this and I think that's okay. Again, you have to upset the apple cart. You can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs and you're trying multiple different things. But again, you're doing it in, in a controlled environment where you have people that you trust that have your backs ritualistic magic I, that was used on the Salem live TV show, the Halloween special a few years back, uh, ritualist, ritualized magic to try to communicate with the dead necromance with spirits and, and other forces is something that we've already tried for the paranormal world. Why not try it for the Bigfoot world? If there's a way to summon or call and there are nature spirits and sprites and energies that, that have been believed to be called upon for, years, centuries, millennia. So it only makes sense that we try some of these different elements. I also thought you, you do this interesting marriage of hallucinogenic mushrooms and mirror scrying, the, the psychomantium experience taken double on the psycho, I would say on this aspect, but you're, you're going in and trying something different. How do you, 
you know, if you go out and you capture something on video, you've got hard concrete evidence. You've got video, you've got photographs, you've got audio, but to deal with somebody who's in a headspace that his mind is altered, his perception is altered. What, what good evidence do you think you can take from that, that will be accepted by mainstream eventually, or does it not matter to you if it's mainstream? It's all about the concept of making contact. And if we can get to that elevated level where these beings are and invite them back into our world, kind of like the Freddy Krueger method at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street, right? You go into their realm to bring them back with you. That's the sense I got from the team. Was I missing that or? No, no, that's uh, basically spot on. You know, um, the, the, the proof to everybody else will come after we make contact. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you can't, right. you can't take as a viewer, you can't take what RPG saw in the mirror. And he could just be making it up. You don't know mm-hmm. him, right? But we trust him. So any message that he comes back with, we're going to use to make contact. And then maybe that's, you know, Maybe that leads to something. And then down the road, when that leads to something, then we'll worry about proving it to everybody else. We got to figure out what works first. Right. Agreed. And and what doesn't work? All right. So this is a theory. This is the way science works. If we can stimulate this part of the brain to have this type of experience, can we separate it from being an auditory or imagery hallucinogenic moment to are we really opening a portal, the third eye, right? The pineal gland. Are we allowing it to see through the veil? And having taken a journey myself on ayahuasca, I can tell you it is an amazing experience that goes much deeper and is much more profound than somebody just tripping balls on drugs. You feel a connectedness you will never feel again until you're in that moment. I can understand people chasing that dragon because I did it once and I thought that was enough for me. And here I sit on the other side of it three, four years later and I think, it might be time to do that again. And I think I would like to go in with the intention of the last trip I connected with many different wild animals. I would love to just set that intention going into this because they ask for an intention or an intention word. I would love to make communication and see what that opens up to me. Does it open me up to aliens, interdimensionals, Bigfoot? I would just love that to be my mantra going into that experience. Um, and until you've had it, until you've experienced it, it's easy to roll your eyes and scoff at it, right? But it's let's let's try it and see what there is to be seen. In doing this type of experiment, was part of it let's shake up the world, let's give them something they haven't seen before, or was it more about no, we really just want to try these things and start to, you know, through process of elimination, what does and what doesn't work. And in these ways of communicating with uh, what could be a higher being. Well, we, we knew going into this, uh, there was the issue that, oh, you're just a bunch of stoners. You're a bunch of drug addicts. We were going to get that, you know, I mean, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Mix and hallucinogenics and a haunted house of all things with Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Uh, And so we knew that going in. There were going to be people that were like, wow. And these other people, they'll change. They'll they'll Mm -hmm. open. Because like like I said earlier, it's I think the definition of insanity is banging your head into the wall 
and expecting a different outcome besides your head hurting. And right. that's what the community's doing. They've been doing mm -hmm. it for years. They're trying the same things over and over and over again, and you're getting nowhere. Your tires are still spinning in the mud. Mm -hmm. The thing that shocked me was why do they care? You know what I mean? Like, okay, hey, mm -hmm. let's see if it works. Because, hey, the difference between our show and what you're getting on TV is we don't have no huge network or production company telling us what to do. I promise right. you, our, our documentary is one of the most authentic things you're going to see. Because all that stuff on TV, at least Bigfoot-wise, because that's what I've been a part of, it's all scripted. It's all fake. You know, I hate to break it to people, but it's like maybe the reports are real. But when when you hear an elk come by and you know it's an elk, the producer wants you to turn and be like, what was that? Acting like you don't know what it is, but you knew what it was, you know, because they're right. trying to they're trying to get that cliffhanger before the commercial break. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't get that with us. So and that's like when we were on the um, we we're on another podcast uh, with cliff barackman mm -hmm. and he's like you know y'all are doing like a circus it's like a clown show and it's like well, what is it that that's ridicule you know i mean he's my friend whatever bust my balls but that's that's negative first of all but like what does mm -hmm. it matter because you're not going to try it so i'm not asking you to try it i'm not asking you to pay for any of this stuff why does it matter and and then why can't you I be open enough to be like right huh you know what i mean but it's like nope I've i set my ways you know what i here's what i honestly believe um in in truth stacy if you were clean shaven with a banker's haircut and wearing a button-down shirt and tie and decided to try these people would take you more seriously and it's a shame that because you've got a redneck beard and a, a twang in your voice that that your concepts are below any other imaginative theories and and that that is a shame because it doesn't mean that there's any less validity to the ideas that you want to no it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that anything i'm doing is less valid than anybody else uh it, it's it's definitely counterproductive to to think that way but you know these people get they get around other people and they crack jokes it's just like every other clique that exists on the planet um and it's a shame but that's cool with me i mean i'll be the first to the finish line if that's what needs to happen there there's nothing saying that uh i'm wrong you know because they're not trying it um and that's that's really what we went into the, the film with. We knew we were going to upset the apple cart, but that's what we want to do because we're, especially me, I'm like a button pusher, you know? So like, if you hand me a list of rules, I'm, I'm usually like, it's my goal to break every one of them. Uh, so that was fine. And getting the rest of the group to be like, Hey, we'll die on our shield. We'll go out on our shield. If this turns up sour, but you know, we've had a lot of people that are like, dude, that's the most intense documentary I've ever seen. Uh, the stuff y'all are trying, I love it. It's out of the box. And yeah, I think 
I think slowly over time, stuff like that will start to grow and you'll see the communities in whole, you know, the paranormal community and everything. You'll, you'll see them start to come out of that box because it's also like what you mentioned, if I was clean shaven and stuff, um, like with the paranormal community. Okay. We talk about spirits and ghosts. Well, you're just a security guard or whatever your job is, so you're not taken seriously. Science, on the other hand, they don't they don't call it spirits, they don't call it ghosts, they call it consciousness. You know what I mean? And it's some PhD up there saying it. So when you mention consciousness, instead of calling it a ghost, even though it's probably the same exact thing, it gets taken a little bit more serious over here. It gets some funding. You know, it gets some backing and they're all laughing at you just because the terminology you used was different. You know, it's not that the ideas are any worse. It's just, uh, right. you know, the, hey, the I'm king of the castle complex. I think Cliff and Bobo were listening because all of a sudden my internet went haywire electric, went crazy <laughs> here. I think they're trying to throw the switch to get us off the air. I kid. Cliff's, Cliff and, and Bobo are great guys. But you're right. You know, we have to start distinguishing the concepts and not necessarily the look or the the accent of the people that bring these things forth. It's it's how we're going to better the field. And I give credit because I'd much rather watch you do it from the safety of my home on these documentaries to see what you find out so I can eliminate for myself. Okay. Okay, we can now mark off sitting in a haunted house in the middle of skunk uh, ape infested area high on mushrooms. Let's not do that one now. Now, what's the next procedure, right? We can find what's going to work for us and what's not going to work for us. But again, it is something that you have to be um, considerate of, that, that you're going into it with uh, the purity of heart, that this is the way to try to make uh, a new understanding of these things. And be careful with the people that you surround yourself to go in and do these things with. Uh, you've got a team that you obviously trust, Stacy, and, and a team that's willing to push that envelope. Uh, do you ever have to reel any of them back in and go, no, 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 that's a little too far? Or I, are you all open to that? Uh, there's some things I won't mention, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we had a doctor there, and we're all like fans of Flatliners, the movie with Kiefer Sutherland. So. There was actually a discussion on trying that. Uh, so, yeah, there's times where we dial it back. You know, you have to uh, for, first of all, like, can we even put this on a streaming service? Uh, you know, we have a right. basic control. But at the end of the day, you know, if one of you dies, is that even going to be able to be put out? Um, well, you know, Josh Gates was able to do uh, an ayahuasca ceremony on his television show, right? Expedition Truth. Um, so, the concept is, or Expedition Unknown, the, the concept is, you know, it's nothing new, but it's a new way to introduce people to this element. I think when you start shaking the parameters of an investigation from the way people look at things, there's always going to be detractors. And I, I remind this, and I know people probably get tired of this ad nauseum, and I don't know if you even know this, Stacey, but the gentleman that determined that ulcers were in fact not our stomachs and our acid eating it but that it was a bacterial infection was laughed out of the symposiums laughed out of the business until a few years later when they realized oh yeah it is a bacteria huh. okay right. let's start to cure that and the first to come with the concept is usually the first to take the beating 
Well, so when I was a kid, <coughs> uh, excuse me, um, there was a thing about USOs, right, mm -hmm. uh, in the UFO community. Right. And in the early 90s, I mean, maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong, but like people were like, no, they're coming from whatever star galaxy, you know, right. from the palladium not, systems. Yeah. Yeah. And but then fast forward 2020, the government's dropping all this stuff. Turns out a lot of these things are coming out of the water. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of time. You know, the the things that are paranormal now, give it. Give it 50 years. You know, uh, we, right. we call it, we call the paranormal pre-normal, you know, because that's all it is. It'd be normal here soon. You're right. And, and we don't know until we eliminate. We don't know until we've tried. Uh, you know, of course, you could also say, well, Dave, you could try putting your foot in a, in a jar of, you know, or in a bucket of water and grab that frayed electrical cord and see if you make communication with aliens as well. Uh, but that's some, <laughs> it's again, nothing that's in my paradigm. Maybe we'll leave that to RPG on your show to work yeah. and worry about next time. Um, are you seeing any connection to UFO activity over these locations where you're having uh, so many of these con concentrated sightings? of skunk apes, Bigfoot, cryptids like this. Uh, yeah. And that's the whole thing about outcast paranormal is we're trying to show a connection with everything. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because at some point, I believe it's all connected. Uh, a lot of your encounters, and that's what I was talking about, the Bigfoot community, they'll omit things like orbs or UFOs uh, if they're included in uh, Bigfoot sightings. They just mm -hmm. want they just want to prove that it's an ape, but you get a lot of this stuff, um, a lot of these flaps, like with the the Bermuda Triangle, you know, and stuff like that, like Gulf Reefs, when all that UFO stuff was going on in the '90s. There's also a lot of Bigfoot reports going on there as well, you know, but mm -hmm. nobody looks into that because UFOs, you know, they they keep the topics apart, and I think we can end up proving it. At me personally, I. I believe Earth, whatever it is, I think we're all here. And we're just like uh, in different planes of existence. You know what I mean? But all occupying mm -hmm. the same space. And I think with aliens or Bigfoot uh, spirits, at times, they can cross over. And I think we probably could cross over too if we knew what we were doing. And maybe some of us can, you know, when you have like your remote viewers and things like that. Right. Uh, it's probably in us at the end of the day, and maybe it's being suppressed. Uh, well, well, we're living in a three-dimensional world because that's what we're told and taught exists, a three-dimensional right. world. What we're starting to realize, people are starting to take a look at it, and now science is examining more deeply the paradigms and concepts of multidimensional parallel universes, quantum entanglement to degrees where maybe things that we are doing here are altering things in other layers that are not as discernible to us right now. And, and, you know, I will say this, Dr. Jeff Meldrum said, Bigfoot is only cryptozoological because we haven't got one yet. And once we get one, he will become zoological. And once the hubbub dies down, uh, it won't be a mystery and people won't be as excited about it anymore. So I think it's, it's fun to watch documentaries like this, to see how people 
you know, push the paradigms, you're going to ruffle feathers. But I think if you're not ruffling feathers, if you're not pissing a few people off from time to time, you're stagnant. And, and I would rather learn something new by, by proxy, watching other people experience this to see what makes sense or not before I judge it. And I know, you know, online, there's probably going to be comments of, oh, I'm not going to watch this. They're using ritual magic and, and hallucinogenics without giving it the concept. Yet they're probably the first ones that are going to drop acid and go watch Purple Rain, right? And <laughs> right. they're looking for an experience the same. And, and it's just like, you know, it, it you can't just totally throw the baby out with the bathwater in these instances and cases where you're looking into uh, things that fall under that umbrella of high strangeness. Uh, and again, that that's not me saying go out and drop acid or or mush, magic mushrooms and wander around in the forest of, <laughs> of, right. the, uh, of the South because you, you won't come home and it won't be Bigfoot, but you will be eaten by something out there. Um, you're doing this as a trilogy, this skunk ape experiments, correct? Yeah. Uh, the second part, which, so the first one ends with this ritual, which, mm -hmm. okay, the magic ritual. If you think about it, it's no different than Barry and them doing the prayer. Right. It's, a, it's the power of intention, right? Uh, right. But anyways, the, the second one, we're about to drop on Paraflix in about a month. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the first one's out now on Amazon, iTunes, all those pay-to-play streaming services. Um, the second one's about to come out, and you'll get to see the wrap-up of that. You know, you'll get to see what comes of that, and it's actually – the pro our problem was we were doing too many experiments at once that we muddied it because we're also doing an artificial intelligence because we had a guy named Patrick Jackson who claimed all paranormal activity was actually AI and caused from these Foo Fighters. The thing about our group is we don't have a view. We'll take right. from everybody and, and try all these different things to see what the view is, which is right. how it should be. But, uh, you know, we're trying we had this machine he's built. Uh, that we're setting off and it's supposed to make these spheres appear. And then these spheres, if you get close to them, they'll make a projection of a ghost or a, a Sasquatch to run you off, to scare you away or to point you in the wrong direction. And so we tried it. And then all I'll say is the problem was we did the, the mirror scrying on the, the hallucinogenics. We did the Aleister Crowley ritual Right. Uh, and we did this AI experiment all at the same time. So it was like, we're not scientists at some point. So we've got to learn, right. <laughs> uh, you know, cause you don't want to muddy, muddy the water. Right. Maybe a little less ingredients in that stew next time, huh? A yeah. Bit more yeah. Focalized taste. Uh, thanks for coming on Stacey. And, and when episodes two and three drop, I'd love to revisit with you and talk about uh, those aspects and, and, Obviously, you've done the filming. You're you're kind of piecing through this. Has this changed how you believe you're going to go forward in examining all aspects of the supernatural? All I can say is it's about to get crazy. Fantastic. <laughs> that I like to hear. Stacy Brown Jr., we've got links up for Outcast Paranormal, so you can keep up with them and find out more about the projects and programs that they are working on. And we've got a link up to Paraflix, so you can go start watching these documentaries right now fascinating conversation interesting i can already hear the emails coming in and and the diatribes i'll be putting up with of people that are incensed by this and then those that have now had an awakening to 
realizing there's other ways to look at things. And it's okay to examine things from different perspectives. I mean, that's what the two Native American brothers from Satanga documentary did. Having a background in Native American, Indigenous peoples, and the LDS. And marrying those two to create a different philosophy on the way that they approach the supernatural and the elements that they come into contact with. Fascinating. That's it for tonight. I want to thank my guest, Stacey Brown Jr. for stopping in this evening. Make sure to follow him and all of his great projects by the links below. And thank you to Natalie Jones from Paraflix. And uh, again, please support that program and network. Go check it out for yourself for 39 bucks a year, about the cost of a couple beers on a night out. You can get yourself a network that's solely focused on the paranormal and all of the interesting elements that don't make TV, all the things that piss you off because the same old shows are doing the same old things then go check out Paraflex because you might find that there are different approaches that are being done that TV doesn't want you to see. So go check out Paraflex. I hope that the darkness is just a little more light here with the information that we bring to you. And I thank you all for making us part of your world and part of your journey. This week, we have an exciting show coming up for you on Friday the 13th. Neil Story is back with more Tales to Chill. That's right, a special Friday the 13th episode. And come see me at the Fear Fair. If you are in California or in the surrounding area of San Bernardino, you can get more information at darknessevents.com. Until next time, my friends, stay frosty. This is the best in paranormal programming. I'm Dave Schrader, your host in two the Paranormal 60.